Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another DMN one-on-one. -on -one. And today, you're very pleased to welcome to our offices Kevin Cunningham, who is CEO, President, and Co-Founder of MRP. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, Kim. Glad to be here. Thank you. Now, we're going to be talking about some themes in ABM today. It relates, of course, to uh, MRP's platform, which is MRP Prelytics. But we're going to talk very broadly about things which uh, people in the ABM space should be thinking about. Uh, one thing I did want to start off with, though, is an interesting origin story, because MRP has been around a little while and yes. seemed to start off in quite a different sort of space. So how did that happen? Well, we started, you know, since day one, our, our you know, mantra and our goal for our customers has been to drive, uh, you know, short-term pipeline and revenue um, while also providing intelligence to our, our customers in the B2B space, most of uh, whom are our enterprise class uh, technology firms. But again, we have, we have customers uh, all over B2B. All right. And enterprise class, uh, understood, but uh, the emphasis on technology firms, or do you have other, sort of other verticals? We, we do. You know, really, our, our platform and our services apply to anyone in B2B. So we do work, uh, you know, closely in financial services, uh, several healthcare organizations, even, even manufacturing have, have leveraged MRP successfully. Okay. Now, one theme which I've been, I've been noticing floating in the atmosphere in recent months is that ABM isn't just, in fact, I got this quote from your website, it's not just a marketing tactic, it's rather about customer engagement. And this idea that if it was once thought that ABM was about bringing accounts to the top of the funnel, it's now much more about engaging with them at all stages. Do you share that perspective? Absolutely. And I think, you know, ABM has really evolved along with technology, right? You know, I think the early days of ABM, you know, the idea was to do it with your top 25 or top 50 accounts because you, know, you really need to have the right personalized message, leveraging the right tactics that are gonna drive conversion with those clients and drive additional revenue. And I think with the advent and, and the advancement in technologies and, and advent of, of predictive analytics, it's allowed uh, companies to take that power and that personalized messaging and personalized tactics that you do for your top accounts and leverage that across their entire target market. And it's so important to be able to do that, not only through your entire target market, but across the marketing funnel, as you mentioned. So talking about target market, uh, one thing that I, I know is important is understanding which of your target accounts are signaling intent at any moment. Because I don't know, maybe I have 100, 200 target accounts. There's really not much point, I guess, focusing on ones who have just bought or, you know, who aren't for some reason in going anywhere near a purchase cycle at that moment. So how do you go about capturing these intense signals? Well, we have a variety of sources and I think, you know, a lot of um, customers sometimes get confused on the difference between predictive and intent. Right. And for us, intent are, you know, intent comes from a variety of sources and is a critical ingredient in a predictive platform. Uh, but it, they, they, work, they, they, they work hand in hand, it's not one or the other. And our sources of intent come from a variety of sources. We, we kind of break it down between first, second, 
and third-party data. So third-party data is where we can get started right away. We look at a variety of, of sources. One of them, you know, mining, uh, mining the internet and the, what we call the B2B web for signals where our, our clients' target customers are consuming intelligence or information on their products and looking at those trends over time. Um, in addition, you know, the second party or the first party data would be, you know, information that traditionally is used in, in, in predictive, which is, you know, uh, visits to the client's website or, you know, information from their CRM or marketing automation system. The second party data, I think, is unique, and that's where part of what makes MRP unique is all the intelligence we've gathered over the last 18 years in business on the B2B space and on our clients' um, uh, collective target markets across a variety of tactics. Um, you know, having that trend information has been very valuable in, in helping you know, direct our clients where we focus. That's really interesting. So you have um, a quantity of data about um, possible target accounts, how they've behaved over the years, when they buy, what they buy, that kind of thing? Exactly. So again, you know, because we've been executing uh, marketing tactics on behalf of our clients, uh, again, and those tactics can range from, you know, display advertising, um, content syndication, email, direct mail, as well as a global inside sales force. There's a lot of signals uh, coming from all those, those touch points and conversations uh, that we're having with prospects of our clients. So let's stick a bit deeper on the predictive side of this. I mean, as you know, predictive analytics is one of those terms of artificial intelligence and big data. It gets thrown around, everyone's doing predictive some form or another. What does it actually mean in an, <laughs> a, in an ABM system? You know, I think the early days of predictive, it was, you know, the messaging was, let us help predict your next customer, yeah. which is a very aggressive way to look at it. For us, it's more about prioritizing your target market. So if you focus on a thousand accounts, who are the hundred that I really want to emphasize? Uh, what message should I use to, uh, for those hundred companies? Uh, who are the, the, the you know the target contacts in those companies, and what tactics do they prefer us uh, to leverage in communicating with them? So for us, that's what predictive is all about. It's really you know our mantra on predictive is it really comes down to three things. It's only as good as that you know those that intent data or the data in general that you're feeding into it. The predictive algorithms and, and you know AI machine learning that you're putting against that data and the actions you take on it and I think that those actions are so critical that you do it uh, you use you leverage the right tactics with the right message at the right time that's where we work closely with our clients and make sure that they're either leveraging that those predictive signals internally in their own sales and marketing infrastructure or are help using MRP to help them uh, with that execution. Okay, I see a couple of things here, maybe you're doing both of them. One would be to predict that an account is likely to be in market showing some signals of intent or interest. And the other thing might be predicting what is the next best message or touch point mm -hmm. for an account which is in market. Are you doing both of those? We are, and it's all it's all part of the puzzle, right? So yeah. for us, you know, we think about the way we like to work with our clients. It's, it's less about the campaigns and about the, you know, the individual tactic and the sum of all the tactics together and how that's driving conversion and driving revenue uh, with that prospect. So it is both. So I, I, I guess this is why, where technology comes into it and as you've said, ABM evolving alongside technology in that it's now possible 
to not just identify an account which is showing intent and blast them with advertising, <laughs> you can actually, it is possible to tailor next best message to the people within that account, the people on the purchase team. How granular can you get with that? Exactly, because that, that's kind of the next step. And that's why you know it's not just about account-based marketing. Mm -hmm. You need to understand who the decision makers are and who's part of the buying team within that organization. So, you know, activating those contacts, again, not with just blasting them, you know, <laughs> blasting away with, a, with one tactic, but leveraging a series of tactics uh, that work together to, you know, to drive the message, you know, drive the awareness to start, you know, drive the consideration down through to the active um, sales conversations that our customers all wanna have. Okay, now uh, another thing which is around is this idea that Although ABM, ABM itself is not new, but there's been a lot of interest in it in the last two or three years, but people are already saying, let's stop talking about ABM because essentially, with the exceptions of some kinds of businesses, just about all B2B marketing really should be ABM now. Uh, some of the readers will see my review of Sangram Vadre's recent book, uh, ABM is B2B. Are you sympathetic to that view at all? A hundred percent. You know, I think that's like the, the biggest education point we have uh, in the marketplace is that, you know, ABM is not a tactic. It's not one of five things that you do <laughs> in your marketing mix. It's the foundational element of everything that you do in B2B marketing. So we, we couldn't agree more. And does this, to some extent, take a cue from B2C marketing? This idea that B2B uh, buyers are now expecting a journey which is in the channel they want, or the time they want, they want to be able to do their own research. In some cases, they may be able, want to be able to do a, some of the purchase online without actually talking to, to salespeople. Is it part of that kind of general trend? Well, I think, you know, in, you know, in general, what we've seen is that B2C is usually at the forefront of mm -hmm. a lot of the trends that end up in B2B. The problem is a lot of times they're not adapted properly for the B2B space, and right. I think that's the key. But 100%, you know, it's really about uh, it's really about the customer experience. I think that's where all this um, you know needs to lead is you know all these you know interconnected tactics, the amount of times you do it, when you do it, all comes back to you know the preference of the customer and what they're looking for. And it really is a different world from when. B2B was based around uh, the sales rep getting on the phone and disturbing the potential <laughs> customer. Good old days. <laughs> Good old days. I was talking actually this morning to a CMO from a completely different business from yours, and she said to me, experience is the word of the decade. So we're going to hear about customer experience in B2B as well as B2C now. 100%. And it really comes down to, uh, I think, part of this, you know, where I think ABM is evolving is, is into the CDP space, right? Having a, a customer data platform, having a unified uh, version of the truth for your customers and the buying teams within those customers and accounts. Uh, because without that, you're not able to organize um, the intelligence you're getting with those customers effectively. And you can't provide that customer experience that you need where you really understand what they're looking for and message accordingly to those needs. That brings me to another question, which is the extent to which the ABM solution which you adopt should be your system of record. Because I think there was a time when ABM... You were saying it was a kind of an add-on. You, you had your CRM, you had your Salesforce or whatever, uh, you had marketing automation, 
you'd add some ABM in there. But do you see a place for ABM more at the center of the B2B stack? We, we do, and especially you know when it comes, when, when you uh, go down the CDP path, right? Yeah. And I think when you get into larger enterprise customers, you have to be realistic about what's gonna happen there because they're, they're huge, complex organizations where you're probably an ingredient in that tech stack and you have to be smart about how you handle uh, that place in the stack. But for the mid-market, um, there's there's absolutely the, you know, the opportunity there to have the ABM platform be the center of what they're doing and drive a lot of the things in marketing automation and CRM. And just a final question about the maturity of the ABM market, because on the one hand, we see people saying, as we just discussed, that really all B2B should be ABM. On the other hand, I do occasionally see data where uh, initiating an ABM strategy some companies haven't done it yet, some are going to do it in the next year, some have done it for a few accounts. There's still some development to go, isn't there? For sure. And that's what's kind of funny about this whole idea, oh, you know, really B2B marketing is just, ABM is just good B2B marketing. The danger with that path is that it kind of goes away and it's really just getting started. You know, when you look at some of the fundamental tenets of ABM, you know, the sales and marketing team being aligned on the target market that they're going after, what's going to drive growth in the coming year and where the priorities are. That to me is one of the fundamental principles of ABM and that's still not done in a lot of organizations uh, that we work with and that we talk to. Okay, so evolution still to come. For sure. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. This is great. Thanks, Kevin.